Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Jeff, why don't you play our new theme music? I'm not sure if uh, happy days here again, Clay, but are mediocrity days here again? Mediocrity days are here again. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Okay, let's get right down to the nuts and bolts. I'm going to ask you the important question, Clay. How many rolls of toilet paper do you have? In my house right now, I've counted 26 rolls of toilet paper. You're one of the hoarders, aren't you? Well, I had a few. One of those guys with the whole... uh, truck filled up with the uh the whole pallet of toilet paper no i i don't know how much i have i had i bought one big pack yeah i think it had 24 in it yeah better to be safe than sorry i say yeah yeah uh yeah so strange times all around here we got the coronavirus going on wyoming had a miraculous run at the mountain west tournament we have a new basketball coach lots of things going on here clay yeah it's pretty exciting um you know, even though it's been kind of a tough season, uh, I was really proud of the team for finishing strong. And, uh, yeah, new coach. We can talk about that a little later, but it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I don't know if we're – I'm either extremely lucky or extremely unlucky. So, as you know, I've been in the Mountain West Tournament. I think every year it's happened. So, 20 years in a row. And this year's Mountain West Tournament was the week before it was usually supposed to be. And so we got to go and had a good run. And then the very next week, every single basketball tournament gets canceled, right? Yeah. So we luckily got to go to the Mountain West Tournament. But did I bring the virus back to Wyoming? That's the question. That is the question. I could be sitting right in here hey, we're, inhaling. We're about we're three feet apart, I think, aren't we? Yeah. But we're using the same microphone. Anyway. Yeah, but there's no spittle on that <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Not yet. There's no transfer on that. Uh, so on today's episode, we'll – Go over the three games we played in the Mountain West tournament because you know they were, I mean they were good games. It was it was a fun ride. Uh, and then of course we'll talk about go in depth on the new coach hire, what our thoughts are on it. Uh, kind of talk about some of the potential players that we would like to see stay, what we think is going to happen. So kind of get into all that. All right, so let's start with so we played CSU first game of the Mountain West tournament. We won 80 to 74, just like you predicted, Clay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, some of the initial stats on this one, uh, and like I said, we probably won't get too much in the weeds on these because, well, it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Clay, or yeah, something hard, like that. Hard to remember everything. And the world has completely changed since then. Sure has. Um, so we shot 45% from the field, uh, 46% from three pointer. Uh, we got cream on the boards like we do almost every game, especially against CSU. And this is the one thing I'd like to mention. Uh, so they beat us 48 to 26. And not to get too far ahead of myself, but in the Nevada game, so the second game of the tournament, we actually won the rebounding battle. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the talk of the time. Somebody's like, oh, Edwards has finally changed his philosophy. 
now all of a sudden, you know, gun to his head, he's going to rebound. And I was like, ah, don't they just remember the CSU game where we got creamed on the boards? I mean, I thought that was kind of some – go well, ahead, Clay. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the – you get beat 48-26 to 26 on the boards. And, I mean, you just don't usually win that game. Oh, right? I know. But, no, so we did beat Nevada on the boards uh, 41-39. to 39. And I just remember at the time people talking like kind of fool's gold, as I guess was what I was trying to say. Like, oh, now Edwards decides to hit the boards. I was like, I don't know. I think that was more of a just a one-game situation than any pattern we're seeing here in the Mountain West Tournament. Because in the very next game against Utah State, we got beat by 10 again. So I, I certainly don't think there was any change of philosophy on Edwards' part. It was just we were getting the bounces that game. Yeah, and I mean, really, in this game, which game we're talking about? Uh, the CSU? CSU game. I mean, we just come out hot as a pistol, and and uh, had that confidence. And even though we we kind of let them squeak back, what was know? the score at half? Do you have that one, Clay? Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me get that real quick for you. Because um, like you say, it, it's been a couple weeks, so it's hard to remember we, each. We we went by five forty four thirty nine at half. And did we kind of get out to a good lead to start that game? I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, we, we did, and and um, I'm going to look that up here. But, I mean, we jumped out. We got up, uh, let's see, 20 uh, – we were up 28 – 26-12 at one oh, point, yeah, yeah. 26 it's Coming back. Yeah. I think we – didn't we almost lead wire to wire in this one? Whoever yeah. saw that coming. Yeah, and I mean – and that was kind of the nice thing is we just played with confidence for a long time. Even when they squeaked back. I mean, then I think we started off on a nine-one run to start the second half, and just oh yeah, I remember this. In both games we won, I remember turning over to my buddies who were with me, well, my brother and a buddy of ours. It's like we have got to be the first team to kind of go on a run this second half to start the second half because, I mean, the way Wyoming's collapsed all season. I mean, it just takes one little thing to go against us, and it especially all against falls CSU apart. Oh, yeah. last time we played them. So yeah, it was, but it was. It was good. It was good to see our guys uh, get out to a good start, um, you know, a neutral court. Um, what I was impressed with is we, in order to win games, we I've told you all along, we got to have more guys in double figures. This was your dream yeah, game, Clay. It was. Five guys in double figures. All five starters, too. Yeah, and 20, 16, 15, 13, and and Banks with 10. And it wasn't going to happen, yeah. too, at the very end, but Banks iced the four last free throws to win the yeah, game. Yeah, and yeah. I can't – I think it was – And I mean, forgive us for this or forgive me for it because this is shouldn't happen on a Wyoming basketball podcast, but I can't remember if it was this game or the Nevada game where we couldn't – we kept hitting one of two from the free throw line every time. Like, we couldn't – we just couldn't put them away. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as bad as we normally have been all season. But it was just like one or two. Yeah. But it was and, in the one and one situation, but we were hitting the first one and missing the second one. At least at least yeah. we were hitting that first one. And I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember which of the games it was, and it would be too hard to look up now. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I want to go back to Banks, though. Is He kind of just showed these flashes of greatness right at the end, just like finishing on some shots. And he took a couple balls to the hoop and made a little short jumper that was important in the game. and. Yeah, he just had that. He he had that. What we had talked about that ability, but just never had been. He was the most. He, he's so timid. Like, I think if you on the stats, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. He led the team in three point shooting on the season. Would you ever have guessed that by percentage? No. He was like forty percent, but he just never shoots. And if it would be my guess, 
um, he he would be the Bizarro Hendricks because <laughs> Hendricks I think got he passes up more shots yeah. than anybody on the team. Hendricks so. has got the greenest light you've ever seen, and <laughs> Banks is in constant yeah. yellow. Yeah, red. he's in constant yellow because you know. And, and the funny thing is, and like he's, you and I talked about, and we could probably beat this to death, but but if he would have actually, like, coach would have just said, when you get it, I want you to try to drive and score. Sure. I mean, I think he would have scored oh, double yeah. digits every time. Yeah, he's He's, he's good. got the ability. But. I mean, he's not the best ball handler, I mean, especially for a point guard. So, I mean, I think he might add a high turnover, you know, but he would have finished a lot at the rim, but – I don't know if that's – I mean, I guess I can't blame Edwards for that at this point. I mean, at some point you'd think the lights just got to go on for Banks himself, doesn't it, yeah. to be more aggressive? Well, I mean, I think we definitely spent the whole season trying to kill the clock and taking a shot later in the clock. But, I mean, he definitely had chances to, to shoot. And I don't think we had a – you know, Hendricks is going to shoot this time or Maldonado's sure. going to shoot. There was – you know, I'm not saying there were never designed plays, but, but generally – yeah, the guy with the shot at the time latest in the clock kind of took it, and he had plenty of chances. Oh yeah, and he just kept passing them up. Uh, one other stat I just want to emphasize, and I think this was really, you know, kind of what carried us throughout the Mountain West tournament was our assisted turnover ratio. This whole tournament was now one game was okay, but the other two were just awesome. So in this the CSU game, nineteen assists to seven turnovers. I think that gets it done, don't you, Clay? Yeah, yeah, it did, and and I mean. I don't know why I'm so sensitive to turnovers, but no, they're no because you're a Philip, you Chargers and Philip Rivers. Yeah, you don't like no, turnovers. No kidding. Winston's my favorite player too. No, I'm kidding. But um, but yeah, seriously, I I would just get so frustrated because we'd kind of get on a run, and we'd be like maybe on a six zero run, and then and instead of just doing what we were doing. Yeah, we try to like force it in between two defenders and turn it over. And it and feels they, like all our turnovers lead to layups on the other end. Yeah, and that's what happened several times against CSU. Seemed like we were just on the verge of really just like crushing it. Yeah, and putting it away, sticking the sword in them, and then. Uh, boy, but that they, would not be this Wyoming team by any means. No. Put the nail <laughs> in the coffin. Really. Even though we beat them, we let them hang oh, around, yeah. and we could have put them away. You know. Yeah, I think we gave both. Yeah, we gave him several chances there at the end to creep back in it again. Yeah. Man. How, it got scary. Yeah. And how – I mean, especially what happened to us the last time they played us, you know, coming back from 20 in the second half. Like, how bitter of a pill would this have been? I mean, I know it would just put the cherry on top of a crappy season, but, I mean, it, for your bitter rival to do that to you twice, you know, just – Yeah. Anybody but CSU. No, and I think the one thing I will tell you, though, is – I mean, I I think we were playing better ball towards the end of the season. Yeah, most games were competitive. I, I, I mean, as much as I think we were encouraged by seeing Edwards go, I mean, it was time. But, I mean, I have to give them credit. At least they pulled together as an entire unit, and uh, they played their best ball. And, and I will tell you, as a fan, I'll never forget this. I mean, I know it was a bad season, but it was fun to actually – have something to look forward to the next night. Like we won the CSU game and then I was encouraged oh, yeah. by oh man, all day long I was thinking, Oh, it's... yeah. I mean, don't, and I know you were there, so it's different because that whole tournament dro drove why you were there. Sure. But like me going to work and, and you know, like you had talked about, I was forgetting at times that Wyoming was even playing. Oh, during the season. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I'd be sitting there working and I'd be like, 
kind of like that Monday night football commercial. Oh yeah. The day may be work and all this stuff, but I've got a game. game yeah. yeah, no, it was nice to inject a little excitement into Wyoming basketball again. I think yeah. that was definitely the general sentiment of all Wyoming Cowboy fans. Well, and just like I said, you beat CSU and then I was kind of looking forward to the Nevada game. Then we win that one. I was looking forward to the Utah state game. So it just gave me, you know, a few nights of and the hope excitement. kept building. You know, like yeah, it was like oh well, it was just CSU. I mean, we should have beat them the last time, and then we beat Nevada shockingly, and then I mean, then we and we'll get there. But man, we were right there with Utah State. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, we had a legitimate shot to win that game. So yeah, they were definitely, I mean, playing better down the stretch of the season, and it continued. In I mean, it really catapulted in the Mountain West tournament. Uh, anything else about the CSU game that you want to mention? No. Uh, I will just say Marvel had 20 points uh, as our leading scorer. Maldonado, he kind of tapered off towards the end of the season, but he was still able to kind of – an all-over game. He had 13 points, four rebounds, six assists, three steals. So he was still out there kind of helping the squad. But All right, so then we won that game. Was that a, That was a Wednesday night game, right? Yes. So then on Thursday we played Nevada, and I believe they were the three seed. I – I could be wrong on that, but I think they were the three seed. It's kind of a quiet three seed, though, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were different. They just—I don't know. Because they, they never really. I think they weren't sexy. I, I mean, no, I think it was because we played them close both times sure. we played them, so they just didn't feel like the the dominant team that their seed said they were. Because even going into the tournament, granted, I had very little hope. But I was just looking at the bracket, and I was like, "Damn, we got CSU in the first round." I mean, obviously they're better than we are, but we can beat them, and we should have beat them last time. And then if we win, we play Nevada. And when we played two close games with them, and then if somehow we were able to beat Nevada, then we play Utah State, which is on the opposite side of the San Diego State, the top five team in the country. So it was like, I mean, I was just saying it was the best draw we could have. Like I said, I wasn't believing we were going to do anything with it, but it was the best draw we could have. Well, and the thing was is, you know, and, and I look at just the course of the three games, like you said, there were two teams that we were right there with. I mean, they never showed any reason that we couldn't beat them if sure. we played our best. And then Utah State, a team that just, thumped us twice, skull thumped us twice. No, we had no business hanging with those guys, really. But I think those two games, the momentum just carried us in, and and we we played well. What are you talking about momentum? That's not a real thing, Clay. <laughs> I know it's so it's so mysterious, isn't momentum? Because yeah. you can't define it. And, I, and there are people out there that, like, don't believe in momentum, right? Like, or confidence or – like, yeah, I've heard I, people be like, oh, momentum's not, not – that's not a real thing. But, it, man, it is. I Well, you and I have played enough sports together to know of it. But haven't you heard – maybe I'm talking out of my ass here. But haven't you heard people that don't believe in momentum? Like, Yeah, yeah there's like, actually people that don't believe it. But, but I think we – What are they, Scientologists? <laughs> I, I don't know that term. Um, no, but I, I do believe that, you know, just when, like at the beginning of that CSU game, I mean, we just had guys, they were, we were just chucking it up and it was just going in and every guy was, you know, just contributing and it does become contagious. And cause I mean, yeah, yeah it does keep going there. I don't well, know yeah, I'm just saying, you, you know, and then they can't hit a few baskets here and there. And then, and then everybody kind of, 
you, you got free thinkers over here and free swinging, shooting, doing whatever they're doing. And then you got guys over here that are kind of puckering up a little bit and <laughs> struggling. So yeah, momentum works on both ways. Cause and like, not to jump too far ahead, but you, then you look at that Utah state game, like everyone was hitting. like Foster comes out of his slump. Milton's hitting big shots. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it just momentum. It's a thing. I don't, I, I can't, you can't touch it. You can't it, feel it, but it's, it's a thing. It's a hard, um, it's, it's not hard, quantitative. It's, hard, it's, it's, it's you can't quantify you can't it. Measure it. Yeah, yeah. But you can definitely sense it. You know. Hey, I got a million dollar idea, Clay. Let's come up with an app where you can measure momentum. It's there. like it's like a ghost. We have no evidence, but we feel but like there. it's happening. So, uh, so yeah, the Nevada game. Uh, we didn't shoot quite as good from the field on this one. We shot thirty eight point seven percent and forty percent from three. But this is where the rebounding we held serve with them on the rebounding and that kept us in the game there uh any initial thoughts on this one clay i mean <laughs> it was funny so okay let me okay go ahead i asked you a question then i just keep going yeah uh so we were setting right like the the nevada fans were setting right on top of the wyoming fans you know yeah. so we were setting in the nevada fans and there was kind of a group ahead of us that we kind of were friendly with and the whole game <laughs> Because I think this game was different. We we, we, we kind of fell behind, didn't we, at half? And yep. we were kind of trailing, and then we just kind of came on the last, what, six, eight minutes or something? Yeah. It, it, it was so shocking, wasn't it? Like, I didn't it, it, I didn't think we were going to win this game. Let me just uh, put that There was several times in that second half where, I mean, we'd get – it would go – like, we get down to six, and it would go to seven and eight, ten, yeah. and then we'd go back down to six. And you didn't know which if they we, were just going to put us away or we were going to yeah, – we just couldn't get a key run that was, yeah. was effective, you know. But then we finally broke that seal. And But – so during the game, me and my brother – I mean, I'm not going to say we were negative, but we were certainly sitting there not believing we were going to win, you know. Yeah. And the Nevada fans in front of us were – I won't say it was pity, but they didn't believe we were going to win either. You know, they were just kind of like, "I'll hang in there, kid." You know, I mean, it's it was all good nature, and they weren't trying to be jerks about it. But and then at the end, when like the final buzzer hit, the stun on me and the Wyoming fans' faces, like me and my friend and my buddy, and the stun on those Nevada faces, man, it was priceless. Like they, nobody could believe what they just witnessed. I mean, I mean. And like it, you say, it wasn't the biggest upset since both games were close, but yeah. it was just shocking. Yeah, it just it was just one of those games where, like I said, you just you know you just never felt like we were really making a run, but but little by little we were just having those little incremental. We were closing that gap, and then like five six minutes left, right when we got right when we got close to them within a bucket, then they just panicked. And we, you know, yeah. it, it, you know how you let somebody hang around oh, long yeah. enough, they become more dangerous. Oh, that's, sure. what we, that's what happened. Then all of a sudden, you know. Once got, you give that other team belief, yeah. it, like, like belief is the same thing as like momentum. You can't measure or whatever. But once the team starts believing in themselves, which I think was what happening with this Wyoming team, yeah. I mean, it's a powerful thing. Right? Well, and then you got, you got Marble, who's just hit his stride right at the perfect time. He had 24 Oh, what points. do you mean, when Edwards decided to start playing him? Yeah. But I'm just saying, he hits his stride, and he scores 24 points. And then the kicker in this game, though, I mean, Milton hit a big three and just kind of like 
that that was a momentum one, but Thompson. Yeah, come out of nowhere. And, Back for mono. Uh, Hend- Hendricks had his 12 and his 24 misses. Yeah, but, of course, but, 12 uh, points. He hit four three-pointers. Like Normally, like four, when you look at like a guy that hits four three-pointers in a game, you normally expect him to score like mid-20s or something because yeah. they get those 12 points, then they're kind of get a few drives of the hoop, get fouled. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he gets, 12 points, four yeah. three-pointers. And the funny thing is with Hendricks, you know, because he's a rare – he rarely scores a two. He'll get sure. a one once in a while or something. But but uh, his are generally threes. And if you ever look at his stats, he's always like four for something. Four for 11, yeah. four for 14, Funny thing is, in 12. The first two games, he was four of 11 in both the CSU and Nevada game. Yeah, he, but I, all season long, go back and look at his stats. He's always four for something. Oh, so there was some games where he was like one of 10. Yeah. No. yeah. No, he I mean, I'm one. just saying, like, it just seems like when he's kind of scoring in double digits. Sure. He's always about four for yeah. something, you know. He's at his he's at his moments where he scored in twenties and stuff. No offense, yeah, Hendricks, if you're listening, but man, I'm glad you're gone. I'm tired of you, bud. I just oh, it's so frustrating because he's such a frustrating player, and we've talked about it before. But there is no rhyme or reason to when he's going to hit a shot. He could have four wide open shots in a row and not touch iron on three of them, and then he could shoot Steph Curry threes with guys in his face falling away from. 43, you know, not 43, but 35 feet, and he can hit three in a row. It's just like, yeah. it's just so frustrating. Yeah, and the one thing I will tell you about him, though, and if I could throw a positive thing on your negativity. I don't think so, pal. Is he's he seems to hit three or you oh, know, yeah. three in a row. He's streaky. And so he's momentum, right? Yeah. He, but he'll give you momentum sometimes. Because he hit some big shots in this tournament. Oh, for Especially sure. Especially at the beginning of that season. Because he hit game. four three pointers in both games we won. I mean, we don't. I mean, if you just this is kind of shoddy analysis, but if you just take away those four three pointers in both games, we lose. You know, I mean. Yeah. So yeah, well, he was and, big. I and in a game, you know, so we had Marble step up and score big points, twenty four. Thompson, you know, we never know what he's going to show up and do. Um, Hendricks kind of had his normal game, but we needed Tom Marble to have a little bit of extra game and Thompson to have some points there because Maldonado yeah, shockingly disappeared. We go on a run in the Mountain West tournament and our best player plays, you know, mediocre in the first game and outright bad in the second one. Yeah. Although he did add 12 rebounds and he was doing some of the smaller yeah. things. So he, I mean, he did. And he, that's the one thing I did like about, you know, you could kind of tell he wasn't there, and so he he didn't try to force it the same. No, half. he uh, what's that? He didn't try to force. Oh it the yeah, second I half. thought you said he did, and no, I was going to say. I mean, he was one for ten, one for four from three, but like you said, he he decided to go do those other things. He was he was having good assists. He was kind of driving and kicking the ball out and doing some other things. And he really picked it up on the rebounds. Like yeah, that. so that's good. I mean, that's yeah, a good no. team player. Uh, I think that one of ten. I think. I think most of that was in the first half. I, I don't yeah. think he hardly shot in the second yeah, half. He was ice cold. He just kind of let Marble and Thompson and take over, which <laughs> the whole time, and that's that's kind of in this feeling with with me and my brother, as I mentioned several times on here. Jared, thanks for listening. Uh, the whole time, it's kind of, especially with a player like Marble, because doesn't it kind of feel like he came out of nowhere? Like, yeah. like he wasn't a highly recruited player. Like, of the recruits that we were getting, this, you know, he was one of the guys I was least excited about. I mean, it wasn't like 
unexcited. I don't know what the word for that is, but it wasn't like I didn't want him to come here or anything, but it was just like there was no juice with him coming, you know. He was just kind of whole hum. And then he comes out of nowhere, and he's just a stud. I mean, so you just kind of – I think a player like that, you just keep expecting the dream to die, you know. So every time he would hit a shot, me and my brother would look at each other and like, the dream lives! Like, when's it going to end? And it never ended. No, I I mean, I'll I'll tell you, he kind of reminded me of Justin James. I mean, he just – the way he was playing and he was – going to the hoop and he was just I, I don't know he was just clutch and oh yeah I, and then but he was clutch but then i can't and i i don't know if it was the csu or nevada game i think it was the nevada game but i can't remember like he went 0 2 from the free throw line do you remember that he had oh, like yeah. a big a big like he could have really put us in a good spot and he missed both of them and left the thing left the team hanging i think it was nevada yeah it was a set it was a second game yeah, because but I mean, other than that, he was extremely clutch. But I yeah, but but definitely he was the reason why we were there. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I know, and I felt bad because he had such a good game, and then right when we just kind of yeah. needed those big. I mean, because even he, if he, he would have won a two at the time, I think it would have put us up by three and at least. Yeah, you can't lose yeah. the game there. Yeah, no, I felt bad for him because I was like, man, he has a game of his life, and then when we need him to hit. One to two free throws. Oh, and then he had that big turnover, too. Remember on the baseline? Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, but that was just a dumb place to pass the ball. And yeah, yeah, I like mean, a one-inch place where yeah, the ball he could had go guys on both sides of him. And but then you kind of get hit. I mean, it's one of those ones that you might – like, if you, I think if you're the if you're the favorite team in that situation, you know, you probably get the call. As opposed, like if that's Duke right there, they're gonna they're not gonna call out a turnover. You know they'll get the call, but yeah. But the the bad thing about it, like I said, I mean I know he turned it over, and I mean if you asked him whether he messed up or not, he'd probably say sure. yeah, I screwed it up. But I mean you can't you can't put yourself in a position where you you box your own player in right on the baseline. You got to get him out in space somewhere, at least where he could dribble out of it or. And Noah Edwards, I'm sure we had three timeouts, and he just sets on them. Yeah, it was just a bad – I mean, it was just a bad place to put the ball. But, yeah, he turned it over. And... But, no, Marble was a stud. Uh, I just was kind of remembering that as we were talking. And I just wanted to give a little more credit where credit is due. Taylor iced those free throws at the end. He went 4-4 yes. four four in the game. Didn't really do much else in the game, but he had four huge free throws at the end of the game that iced it for Wyoming. So. Oh, yeah, and when I saw him get fouled, I was like, ah, you know, I don't know why, but a big uh, one of your big guys always kind of scared. He's about a 75 percenter, but yeah. it feels like – here's what he's done both seasons. He's started both seasons like 0-6 from the free throw line, you know, and he doesn't get to the line a lot, so that really sets his percentage back. But then he just kind of goes on a stretch where he shoots – like 85% from the rest of the season. But yeah. it's just a guy you don't really have a lot of faith in because, you know, on paper his percentage isn't that good, and he doesn't really shoot that many free throws. So it's Yeah, but they were big. And like we've talked about all season, we don't have that Riley Grapo, and it's – oh, man. Uh, what a, and Milton's three, like I said, that was a, just a huge shot. But have you ever – just? I mean, I think we realized it at the time, but – Great. Having a player like Rabo the ice free throws at the end of the game is such a – what is there's a phrase or word I'm looking for. It's just such a nice thing to have, which yeah. it's such a secu- – it's a security, security blanket. blanket. It's like yeah. the ultimate security blanket. Yeah, and I, I remember when he'd get fouled, and I was like, all right. I was out – and I am not a cocky fan. I think you would agree with that. Like, yeah. I've never – I'm always, like, cautiously optimistic at the most. You know, I'm never one of those cocky guys. 
matter of fact, I always bet against my team just to kind of uh, – not because I believe they're going to lose, but just to have a little fail-safe there, you know. But uh, I was outright cocky <laughs> when Grabo would get fouls. I'd be like, ah, you idiots! You can't foul him! He's just going to hit two free throws! Oh, I'll never forget the, when we won the Mountain West Conference Tournament a few years back and Derek Kick Jr. Oh, my fouled. God. And I was just praying to God, get it to Grabo! Oh, I was you know? screaming. And – when Derek Cook Jr. got fouled, I about died, and he just I used nailed to him. Oh gosh! Yeah, he'll uh, he always was, have he a place in my heart for that. That's oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Utah State game because we still got to get to the coaching news. Yeah. Uh, so we lost to Utah State, eighty-two, eighty-nine. I think they were up by like seven and a half. Utah State was. Yeah. But I mean, Wyoming, like we've been talking about, battled the whole game, and we're right there. I think what was. I don't know if it was like six minutes ago where Utah State kind of went on that one run that really put us away, but yeah, I mean, I was really starting to believe at this point that this team had kind of turned a corner and that there was a chance we were going to make the championship game. Granted, it would have been against San Diego State, which is another huge mountain to climb. But so before the tournament started, Clay, you know, like what a future bet is, like you can, like right now, you could bet on the chargers or chiefs to win the super bowl yeah so every year we always make the mountain west bets you know so i put ten dollars on wyoming to win the mountain west tournament before the tournament started and if they would have won the tournament i would have won five thousand dollars on a ten dollar bet and they were they were starting to give you a little hope there clay yeah you you felt the the money uh coming in but i already had seven new softball bats bought (laughs) that's awesome so um yeah, with 4.45 left in the game, Marble hits a free throw to tie it 66-66. Now, how much time did you say there? 4.45. So, and then they went on like a 8-0-10-0 run, didn't they? Yeah, it just – yeah, they went to 70, 66, 74, 66. They got up by uh, 13 – and then we cut it after that, but they went on a thirteen zero run. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, they got up by thirteen. Yeah, so yeah, thirteen. But, and it was so frustrating too because I don't know if, and I remember, I'll never forget this. But like Sam Merrill, tip your cap. Yeah. He was hitting big shots. I think like four in a row. Yeah. Guys right in his grill. I think he had a couple threes, a couple mid rangers. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, on the other end, so Wyoming was hot as a pistol from three in this game. Yeah. So they were fifteen of thirty three on the game, forty five percent. And in that stretch where Utah State went on their run, they kept trying to take it in the lane right at their big guy, Kata. Yeah. And he had like three or four blocks right in a row. Like Kata would block it on this end. Merrill would hit a dagger shot on that end. Kata would block it on this end. Merrill would hit a dagger shot on that end. I thought that was kind of bad game. Yeah, I mean, and I think the key, we got down by two, and then we had a fast break where Maldonado goes in, tried to take on Kata right yeah. at the rim. And, I mean, if – and, and Kata did a nice job of blocks. Sure. But, I mean, and I, you know, Maldonado quickly got by him, but Kata just was so long he got it. But I think if that ball goes in right there, Different. it just changes the whole dynamics of that, you know. Because instead they come right down and hit another two, and then we we're down by four, and then it just kind of got – then that's what Merrill stepped Yeah, well, that's just – I don't know if Merrill was going to accept getting beat because – did you watch the Utah State San Jose oh, yeah. game? Yeah. He did the same. He kind of went in spurts in that game, but the 
I mean, he hit that huge shot at the end. I mean, he just oh, when it mattered, he was he was like Marcus. Yeah, he was Marcus Bailey esque. Yeah, in this game, I mean, he scored nine points in the last three three minutes and fourteen seconds. Yeah, and, and he didn't miss. Shot. I don't yeah. think he missed one time. No, and it and every shot he shot just was huge. But the the frustrating thing about this game, it was a lot like the Nevada game. That the only frustrating part with this is, I mean, it just we never really had a true run. Like it just seemed like our runs might have been like five zero or sure four zero, oh. and we just never. Could, and we we did we cut the lead, but we never had that you know big run where they got to call a timeout and get it together. You know, I and credit where credits do. Like every time it looked like we were going to go on that run, and we shot great. I mean, we shot forty three percent from the field, forty five percent from the three point line, ninety three percent from the free throw line. But every time it looked like we were going to go on a run, like Foster hit a big shot, Milton hit a big shot, Utah State answered every time. And it wasn't always Merrill. It was like uh, Burrito would hit a big shot. Yeah. Dean would get something going. Kata yeah. would get a shot in. We couldn't stop Kata. The bald white dude. <laughs> I don't know that guy's name. It's Miller, I think. Yeah. Have you ever seen a guy like more unathletic than that? No, he looks like he's 35 years old. And I think he's so, only a sophomore or something. Yeah, he – he looks like an old guy, but yeah, I just, I mean, we just never had that run. We were in foul trouble early and, and, you know, it just, it, it never seemed to work for us. But, but I think, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we never went on that run, but I don't think that was due to our offense, which it normally is when we don't go on runs. It's because Wyoming has a six minute stretch without scoring a four minute stretch without scoring. I think this one was just the, I mean, every time we would start to go on a run, Utah yeah. state would just answer. Yeah. Utah State shot fifty six percent from the field in this game. Yeah, and they were just yeah they were just shooting good. I mean, here's the thing, and they were shooting well, and you know we scored eighty two points. I mean, how much? Yeah, that's got to be that, that was high. better than we scored in any of the other two games. But but um, our scoring was up there, and it was due to some guys stepping up. I mean, Maldonado only had fourteen points, like he's been our leading scorer sure. all you know. Marble chips in 15, Thompson 17, which is a, a, once again, you know, 14 in the in the second game and then 17 now, which we needed to be able to compete with Utah State. We have to have somebody else, but sure. Foster, Foster comes out of nowhere. Run. There's your man. There's my Finally guy. Finally reached the potential. And it was funny too, like, so he's had a very disappointing season in my life. Yeah. So I was so high on Foster, you know, have a huge man crush on him. And he just kind of – he just is one of those things we're talking about, momentum, confidence. He just kind of lost it, and he's just kind of been struggling to find it all season. So, at the game, we were sitting there, and he hadn't done much in the first couple of games. You know, he was okay, but wasn't – and he would play sporadic minutes in each game. You never know what you're going to get. So, he got brought back into the game with like 10 minutes to go, and my brother, he's like, so I shout you out now. I'm going to call you out, Jared. He's like, what are you going to do, Foster? And I go, he's going to take over. And I didn't believe it. I just said it, you know, just – I didn't believe it one bit. And boy, oh boy, did he take over. I think he hit – I mean, he hadn't done anything up to that point. He hit four threes, yeah. scored 18 points, had a couple assists. It was just – And he even missed some shots that were right on, but he, you know, just – like he took a couple at the rim. I think one he got blocked. And then there was a couple of shots. But, it, like, you could just see he wanted the ball. He was feeling yeah. it, you know. So that old high school player where you're the man was kind of starting to, oh, yeah, this is what I can do. Well, and that's what confidence does. You hit a few shots, and then 
he just get in a rhythm and he was definitely, I mean, and I told you and your brother, I said, man, I just fell in love with some players and you're like, who? And I mean, Foster was one of those players where, you know, you finally see his potential along with the other guys that are kind of stepping up and playing well. And like, you know, I know it's not going to happen game in and game out, but in the future, you know, if Thompson can be a guy that you can depend on to get double digits. Sure. And he if, should be. He's got the skill. I right? know. I mean, you see, he can just, I mean, hit some big threes and he's got potential. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, that's the thing. Can, and I know we'll talk about it here in a second, but can the future coaching get those guys in situations to, to score and be successful? Yeah. And I, credit where credit is due because I, I mean, I've been hard on Thompson mm-hmm. all season, but I, I really like the way he played. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that – I mean, it's easy to say I like the way he played because he was hitting shots, but he just looked more aggressive. He was more confident. Like, he'd get a little sliver of open space and he was shooting. He actually put the ball on the deck and tried to take it to the rim once. He didn't make the shot, but I just – he's been so passive. I mean, he's kind of been in that banks category, just being passive. It was just nice to see him play with that belief and aggressiveness. Well, and I think, you know, one thing it cost us in this game, and, and I know he scored 15, but Marble was out a lot. Um, you know, we just didn't have some of our players in there. We had starters in foul trouble. And, um, you know. Sure. And, it, and then even Maldonado, you know, just not playing where he needed to be. Like, if we could have had Maldonado just be Maldonado. Sure. Having these other guys step up. I'm not blaming him because he scored 14 points. No, you're blaming. But. But, you know, if we just – if Maldonado is just Maldonado in that game, then and, – and then, you know, we don't have that foul trouble, I think maybe some of those runs could have happened. So, speaking of that foul trouble, and, I mean, obviously, I don't want to complain about this too much, but in a closely contested game, which this was, right? I mean, I mean, I don't – on the day, it looked like two fairly evenly matched teams, right? Yeah. Uh, San – San Diego State. Uh, Utah State shot 40 free throws, and some of that was we. I think we fouled them at the end, or I don't remember. But they shot 40 free throws. We shot 14. I mean, that is just such a huge disparity. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not saying some of that was justified because when Kata would get the ball down low, just we were it. we were hacking. Them. I mean, yeah. but I mean, I don't know if there was quite that. You know, a 26 free throw shooting disparity. Disparity was the, you know called for in this game, but whatever. Uh, and I, I just wanted to point out one last stat here. Uh, we had another game. So let me look at this. So CSU game, 19 assists, seven turnovers. Uh, the Nevada game, 13 assists, uh, 12 turnovers. So not great, but not terrible like we've been. Yeah. And then in a Utah State game, 19 assists, 18 turnovers. So at this turnover, okay, we lose. We're out. You're, you're good with all your thoughts on this game, right? Yeah. So you're out. It's like, okay, man, we just won two games. Like you mentioned earlier, we were playing better down the end of the stretch. We were far more competitive. Then we make the semifinals. We give Utah State, I mean, the darn good team, a run for their money. So now it's, okay, what do we do? Do we roll it back? Do we bring it back? What were your thoughts at this point with Edwards? Were you still firing him, or were you like, I'll bring him back? Or 50-50, where were you? Well, I'll tell you that (laughs) – I, I had mixed emotions because I was watching his interviews. Oh, and, yeah, and and the whole thing about the sticks and and I 
I felt sorry for him. I felt like, you know, I and he could clearly see it mattered and he cared and he wanted it. He did. He he was emotional. But what I felt good about was that the kids at least sent him out playing sure. hard for him. But I definitely felt like, you know, the last two seasons he had, um, just, I mean, you know, I mean, when you actually really use stats and data and evidence to whether you, you keep your job or not sure. in sports, I mean, um, that, that's the worst two year stretch in Wyoming basketball history. I mean, yeah, it's hard to, to, you know, and you look at attendance and you look at all, there's several factors. It's not just the wins and losses, but those have a profound effect on everything else. And I, let me ask you this, not to cut you off, but I wonder if this, do you think this had any, uh, played a factor into it at all? So each game we won, I mean, me and my friends would, we'd talk about like, how many Wyoming fans do you think are going to be here in this game? You know, do you think, you know, we'll double our amount of fans at the next Mountain West tournament game, you know? And we didn't. I think I think the first game we had more fans than we did for the other two because I think the first game there was still an overflow of the women's tournament fans that had come to watch the women play. And the last two games we had less fans. It was – I mean, it was deserved. I'm not calling out Wyoming fans by any stretch, but it was – I mean, it was pretty sparse there in the Wyoming section. So, I mean, do you think that, Matt? Like, let's say after beating CSU – the amount of fans doubled for the Nevada game, and then it doubled again. And, I mean, Berman could have saw fans are buying back in. Do you think that would have been enough justification to keep him, or do you think that doesn't play any factor? No, uh, I mean, I think that Berman's mind was made up before the tournament was ever played. And I'll tell you that Berman probably thought we were one and done. He might sure. have thought we could beat CSU or something, but he didn't He didn't see us win in two games and almost win in a third. I mean. Who did? Nobody did. Um, but I mean, like I said, I, I struggled with the fact that I felt sorry for Edwards at that point, because I finally felt like in such a bad season that whatever they did as an entire unit, they came together at the right time and played their best. We were the talk of college basketball there for a couple days because not the the other big tournaments weren't happening. You know, this was the biggest tournament going on. No, I mean, it was exciting and. It, I know it was just our Mountain West Conference tournament, but it kind of sent me back to that, you know, 87 season with Dembo and Lechner and all them when they won two games and made it to the Sweet 16. It just reminded me of that feeling of, okay, we won game, we won another one, here we go, you know. I was only five then, Clay, but let's not get carried away here, pal. No, it, it just, I'm just saying it just brought that excitement back for a minute where sure. where the, the press was talking about us and, you know, and, and that's how it was back in 87 where the announcer was like, hey, why are you on the know? front page of ESPN talking yeah. about? Yeah, it just, I mean, it was just really cool to to hear those announcers going, you know, and, and they were talking about like their predictions before the game. And, you know, I just think Utah State's too tough. And then sure. the last guy goes, I'm going with Wyoming. <laughs> I just love the way they feel right now. And, and it just made me feel good, you know, the, to, to not to be the redheaded yeah. stepchild in the conference like we have in the last two years. Yeah, it just – and I don't know. There's a thousand factors that come into every reason why you play the way you do. Sure. But, I mean, I felt a little bit better about his rotations and who he was playing. And, I mean, there are still a couple of sketchy things in there. I don't – I can't yeah. understand. But uh, – but My boy Porter, Porter didn't play but one minute the whole tournament. Yeah. 
Now you might have played three in one, and it was only in one game, I think. But you know, we, you know, we had a couple guys play there that you know you're just going why or, but I mean, but it just felt better this time around. And anytime you're you're playing good, you're shooting good, sure. you're scoring high points, it feels good. But is that just one of those things where you win and then you it feels like all the things were the right moves? You know, is it like a causation what is the causation versus what is the thing there you know what i'm talking about no now i sound real dumb here <laughs> like i feel even dumber because i don't know what you're talking dumber. about uh no like if something happens cause you, and effect like just because it resulted a certain way doesn't mean you were doing yeah the right or I, wrong thing to get there yeah just because well, the ball went in doesn't mean it was yeah. the right play. Yeah, you can it. take the worst shot and it'll fall. And then yeah. you can just have the best look ever. It's kind of like miss. the like the LeBron debate. I don't know if you ever get like how he will pass up. He won't take the last second shot. He'll pass it up for a wide open shot as opposed to him taking a shot with two guys guarding him. You know, like yeah. is that the right play or not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I mean I I just felt I don't know. I had a better feel to sure. it. Everything you know. And we were flowing and doing things well. And the assisted turnover ratio really points that out. We were taking care of the ball. We're making shots. We're moving the ball around. Yeah. No, I mean, that Utah State game, it, it came down just to a couple possessions on both sides, you know. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's how a game like that goes. And and we could have very well, like I said, with four 445 left, you know, we had kind of made a good run to get there. Not a, like a big run, but just yeah, kept we closed the gap finally. And, I mean, it was so frustrating, though, because that was like it would go it, it would go down to a one-possession game, and then went, and it would go right back to five or seven. It was like seven, five, three, two, just couldn't get that. five, and two, five, two, five. I mean, I, I about died. I was like, because we, we just get it down to two, and you're thinking, okay, we get a stop here. We'll go down, maybe get a three or something, and and then <laughs> one of those guys that hit a three, and I'd be like, oh. But there for a while, we kept answering. Like I said, Foster would hit another one. You know, Hendricks would hit one. Milton hit a big shot. Like, you got to give one of them credit. They hung in there, man. If I could – if I had a dime for every time I said, let's go, after we got it down to one possession game, we just could not get a stop to get that – you know, like with 445 left, I had said let's go about 12 times, you know, because we just kept doing it. But, man, when we got to – when we tied it, I thought we might be able to overtake them and put that pressure on them. But so, the better, yeah, not to cut the you off. The better team took over. Uh, yeah, and Mariner wasn't going to let them lose, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, so where I was at the, end of the, this, at the end of the tournament, I was still in the camp. I mean, Edwards had won me over a little bit. And like I say, I felt, I felt bad for him. I felt happy for him. There was a couple moments during the tournament where you could see him really like something good would happen. He was jumping up and, you know, chest bumping the players. And it was really, I mean, you kind of, you felt some love for Edwards, you know, as much as I was against him coming in. Because coming into the tournament, I was like, get this chump out of here. I can't stand this guy. But, I mean, he was kind of winning me over. But at the end of the day, at the end of the tournament, I was like, I think we still got to fire him. I just, his just unwillingness to change on his rebounding philosophy. Uh, that, and I just, his, some of his rotation decisions, like, so if he comes back next year, like, okay, yeah, we're going to have Foster, Thompson, Marvel, Maldonado, if he can keep this young core together, which I think all Wyoming fans want to see at this point, you know, 
But then it's like, well, what about Mueller? Because he's going to play him big minutes, and he's, you know, what is he going to give you? So I just, I thought we had to move on, and we did. So he was fired. Uh, yeah, 46 minutes in. <laughs> if you haven't been following, Wyoming fired their basketball coach. Uh, because we haven't said that yet, have we? We might have, we were around him, but we never. We tippy-toed around it. <laughs> tippy-toed on the tree. Uh so, Edwards is fired. Did you have any opinions on who the next coach should be? Were you following that close? Or were you kind of? Um, I was following it close, and uh, you know, I mean, I was. You were a Rick Pitino guy. Pitino, no. Hey, I. I, I mean, I I knew it wouldn't happen at Wyoming, and I know there's people that think, ah, oh, he's a creep. He yeah. is a scumball. But I, let's be the. And I said it earlier in the yeah. season. Let's. Let's hire the jerk and win for a change. Yeah. So, I mean, if we would have done it, I would have been all on board. But, I mean, I understand why we didn't do it or we couldn't do it. But, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day. Let's be that hated team in the conference that everyone who, who, loves. Do you want to win or not? And, and, you know, I know we always have that, you know, no, we got to have a guy with integrity and all that stuff and, and everything. But. I mean, you know as well as I do. It's about wins and losses. I mean, yeah, we might we might have a death penalty for, <laughs> for after four. No, well, those four no, years would be worth it. Really. No, all seriousness though. I mean, he he would bring kids in, and and we would win, and we would take over the conference, and that would happen if we could keep him there. Well, you'd you get know. four years maybe or yeah. three years or something. But, you know? but even if you did that, it would have a lasting effect if kids didn't desert after. I mean, I think it would put Wyoming on the map, wouldn't it? He could have – I'm sure he'd have an assistant coach that would stay that could kind of keep the momentum going that we don't believe in. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, a guy like him could cause a 10-year a run, a seven-year run. You know, bringing his players in, that one of his assistants takes over and sure. can kind of keep, keep that going, um, especially if they had a success because winning can bring other players. And so you might go on a seven to 10 year run by just bringing in that one coach. You know, you see, you saw other teams do it like, you know, like San Diego State. I mean, they're still in that mix and they kind of went on a run there with a, a big name coach and it kind of took them a few years to get it, but. Sure. He was able to get momentum for Can years. Can I ask you a question off the topic? Yeah. Put you on the spot here because I don't really know if you know, and I don't I don't know. So Jim Brandenburg, you know who that is, yeah. right? So he left Wyoming and went to San Diego State. Correct. How was he at San Diego State? That was before my time, and I don't really remember. But Just average. you know. Because he didn't really put them on the map, did he? Because no. like, I was telling somebody that, but then I was like, no, that didn't happen. Because it was Fisher that really gets credit for that. Yeah, he Fisher was the guy. I mean, he just went – Brandenburg went there. Do you know how, he, long, how long was he there? I, I don't remember. I, I've, I've lost that train of thought. But I, I just remember he went there, and it kind of hurt, you know? Oh, sure. Because he definitely put us on the map. That and, was our uh, Coach K, I mean, as far yeah, as – just, you know, and, and a lot of people I remember were saying, you know, oh, he'll go out there and, and you know, he'll be able to bring all those players in there, you know, and he just never had the success he had at Wyoming. Because San Diego State was essentially a joke right, at that point, right? I mean, yeah, they just they they were just average. Were they even average though? I mean, I can look it up. <laughs> I can look it up. I, I just to. remember they weren't like. Can you prove it to me? I mean, I, I thought he was going to go out there and just like. Can you prove it to me? Is what I want to know. 
Well, I can prove it to you if I have to. Um, yeah, you better. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know, just. So after Patina, where were you thinking? Okay, so, and, of course. Linder's, that was pie in the sky thing. Yeah, Linder's name was coming up. And, and it had been talked about yeah, all season. You know, just down the road and had had some success against Wyoming, made in NCAA tournament. So let me throw another name out here. Kind of okay. So there's obviously Patino was a pie in the sky, right? Yeah. But it was mentioned and because he's a famous coach. Yeah. And then it was Tim Miles and Jeff Linder. So Miles, the old CSU coach. Yeah. So what was your thinking just between Miles and Linder? If I could ask. Um. You. Well, I I was kind of, I mean, at one point, and I think it might even have been a conversation you and I were having as Tim Tim Miles would be a good fit for sure. Him. I mean he has some connection there coached in the mountain West. He's kind of a regional guy has success recruiting some decent. He was good players. at North Dakota state. Yeah. Was it North Dakota or North Dakota state? The yeah. bison, but that's North Dakota state. Had, right? he, yeah. He had some connections in the region. So you could see him like being comfortable in Laramie and not, you know, wanting to take off somewhere. Which um, is essentially what happened. I don't know if, I think he he wants a power five job. That's why he didn't want to take the Wyoming job. Yeah, but I'm so just in saying, hindsight, I think that was a good. Yeah, and I agree, not a good fit. I would agree with that, but I just felt like he, you know. Well, it seemed like he would though. No, I agree with you. It seemed like he would be a guy like, oh, he tried the power five, and Nebraska. You know, he had some ups and downs, but he got essentially got fired. He might have been more of a. Well, and I just feel like, you know, I I, I wasn't really. I mean, the only thing I was just thinking of is just his success in the in the Mountain West, you know. And, yeah, give us CSU. Turn CSU. But, CSU was a dumpster fire when he took over. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. They had to like. I don't know if they. I don't know why they did it. It was just. I don't think there was any sanctions or anything. But I don't know if you remember this, but there was one point where they were like ho- holding open tryouts for students for random students to come try out. And Adam Nygon was one of them, and he ended up playing, and he, he played and he, there. But. <laughs> Didn't we do that last year? Uh, we, but he turned it all, around. With all our injuries. Fordstrom but, was essentially the same thing. Yeah, no, yeah, but it, it, I, it was just a name that, like, had had success against us, a regional coach in the Mountain West Conference. Sure. So I felt comfortable with him. And – at first, Linder wasn't my guy, but the more I read about him and thought about it, he is a regional guy, and Wyoming to him in the Mountain West Conference was a step up. No, I'm sure. Even though they had beat us and stuff. No, I agree. So when this was all coming down, I was Miles. was my boy. Miles was my boy. But, I mean, some news was coming out during the Mountain West Tournament that Miles was kind of had his eye on a Power 5 job and – there are some room, rumors and back channels on people met uh, post on the message board that Miles might not be interested. So I kind of turned my focus to Linder, and I was really, I kind of I fell in love, Clay. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think he checks almost he checks almost every one of my boxes. So the only box he doesn't check one box, which is the Rick Pitino box of like a Bobby Knight, uh, Rick Pitino, a big name coach that just by his name alone can bring in players, which is a big box, but that's the only box that Linder doesn't check. So just to go over some of his stats, so he was four years at Northern Colorado, and when he took over for Northern Colorado, they were, I'm not going to call him a dumpster fire, but they were 
down the dumps and they actually had you might call them a dumpster fire because they had NCA sanctions they only had like 10 scholarships they could use so they had to get walk-ons and one of the walk-ons he got by the way is a guy named Jonah Radabaugh who was three-time defensive player of the year in that conference as a walk-on can you imagine having in a walk-on like that that was a first team all-conference player three-time defensive player of the year 40 percent three-point shooter like average of six assists a game like a walk-on that's insane that northern colorado yeah it's just you know it's almost like the tom brady effect in the draft or whatever he just somehow just but he got a couple guys like that it just just comes out of nowhere and i mean obviously nobody saw that guy but he did because i think he had two other guys in his tenure there that were kind of first team all big sky players and that's the big sky so i mean take with a grain of salt but they were kind of conference you know player of the year caliber players uh so i think that's one of the boxes okay is like not to i'm kind of going off a tangent here but one of the boxes at wyoming to win i think and i think craig bull has this you have to be able to find diamonds in the rough that you can get to come to wyoming that aren't being recruited at that next level Mm-hmm. With like Josh Allen, or yeah. I mean, that's a pretty. I got one guy on my list. <laughs> Josh. Uh, uh, Andrew Winger, yeah. Uh, yeah. Logan Wilson. Sure. I mean, it turns them into NFL type players. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, I don't think it's all on Bull just coaching them up. Obviously, I think there's a level of talent there on those guys, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think Linder has this. I mean, let's. I mean, well, obviously, the jury's still out, but. So in his tenure there, four years, he took over a team that was in the dumps. His first year, they went 11-18, and 18, and he was there four years. So 11-18, and 18, obviously not a good season. But after that first year, he went 69-42, and 42, uh, which is a 62% winning uh, percentage. Uh, he was named Big Sky Coach of the Year in the 2018-2019 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that three-year stretch was the winningest stretch, three-year stretch in – Northern Colorado history. I mean, it's, when you're bringing in a coach from a lower team, isn't it nice to see at least the t- his prior team that was the best they've ever been? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's something. Yeah. No, and I, you know, and just having the assistant coaching experience in the Mountain West and on a winning team and, you know, just being able to know the lay of the land, you play Wyoming, you, you, been to the NCAA tournament. You just had – I mean, there's all those different – Well, he recruited at Boise. He was an assistant coach for, yeah. at Boise, as you mentioned. Yeah. Recruited at Boise. Recruited at Colorado. And he mentioned it himself. I think he can use that same formula at those, that they use at those two schools that they can yeah. use here at Wyoming. Yeah. Like, it would be different if he was, like, coming from Wisconsin, you know, like, oh, well, I don't know if you can implement that same formula because it's a whole different ball game winning – at Wisconsin with four-star and five-star recruits than it is here, you know? Yeah. Well, and then being down in Colorado, and then that's where we've kind of had some success against sure. some decent players. Just maybe being able to steal some players down there and then just, like I said, a guy that kind of has some regional connections and, and understands the lay of the land and how, you know, how that works. Because I think we'd all agree, okay, let me – there's – not to put you on the spot here – but there are five players currently – I'll say six. But there, there are six players on this current Wyoming team that I definitely want to see come back. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I could add more. I'm just I'm changing as I go here. Uh, I'll even say seven. Okay. Um, eight. <laughs> no, there's a top. I just want the whole team. You bring them all back, except Mueller. Uh, yeah. Mueller's the one guy on the team that listens to this podcast, by the way. Uh, no, there's a de- – okay, there's a top three for sure. Okay. Three or four. What is your top three or four? I just – I'm all over the map here, Clay. Well, I mean – of course, I I want to see. Give me your uh, number one pick. My number one pick. Sure. Well, I'd like to see Marvel come back. Okay, no, that's fair. <laughs> he's my he's, he's my, my sexy choice. <laughs> so Marvel is definitely top of list. Yeah. Uh, for me, is that I, for you? Oh, do I got to get my list first? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. We're all over right. here. Well, how do you want to play it? What do you? No, I thought you, I didn't know if we were like sharing one for one. I don't know. Two. Okay. So my top my top three. I think okay. Let me just put this. Marvel is. My number one choice in my head. Okay. But I don't know if he's my heart's number one choice. Okay. But I think Foster might be my number one in my heart just because I have so much emo- yeah. emotional equity put into him. Yeah. But I, I, I understand that Marvel is the, the gun to your head. You got to choose Marvel over Foster at this point. I'm not. Okay. One last thing. Put a bow on it. Marvel was named to the all tournament team in the Mountain West okay. tournament. I just want to mention right. that. Yeah. So, okay. Marvel is definitely somebody we'd like to see come back, yeah. right? So Foster is one of my guys, but you agree with you'd like to see Foster come back? Yes. And then I think the other two big names would be Maldonado. Yes, of course. And Thompson, just because he's a big guy that's shown yeah. some potential. Now, there are definitely other guys. I think we both agree we'd like to see T.J. Taylor come back. Yes. And a little bit of news there. He did enter – he's the only player so far in the Wyoming team to enter the transfer portal. But he's also mentioned on Twitter that that's not set in stone that – you know, once the new coach was hired, because this was before the new coach, that he would be open to returning to Wyoming. Yeah. So I think that's the top five for sure. Now, I'm a Porter guy, and I think he's got some skills, so I'd like to see him come back. Yeah. I think uh, Milton has shown that he can be kind of a guard off the bench that can score. So, yeah. I mean, I think you'd like to see him back. And then Tyler Mormon, who we didn't see this year, is supposed to be kind of a, you know, a, a rebounder, shot blocker type guy. I guess I'd like to see him on the team just because if we don't have – if not him, who? Of a big guy next year that can give you something down low. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know much about him, you know, Mormon. I mean, I know he's a – I don't think anybody knows much about no, him. No, I'm just honest, saying right? I, don't, I don't I don't have a feel for him, so I don't really know. Sure. But, but I mean, he is a 6'9 guy and, you know, 220, that's pretty decent size. I think he shot 40 – I mean, this isn't his game, but he shot 40% from three as in junior college. Yeah. So it's kind of another I mean, big guy that could potentially at least hit that outside shot if he's left wide open. Yeah, and so, I mean, you just look at these guys and, you know, I mean, you don't – I don't know how to feel about it, but, I mean, is there much talk on those guys? Like, does anybody have a feeling? Well, Ian McMacken, like our friend of the program. Salmon practice. Friend of the program, Ian McMacken. Yeah. He posted on the message board that uh, the feeling is that Maldonado and Thompson were both going to stay. And now since then, Maldonado has officially said that he's coming back. Uh, I haven't heard anything official on Thompson. And then uh, – so, yeah, he uh, Thompson was probably going to come back and that Marble and Foster were both 50-50. But this was before the new coach was signed. Yeah. Uh, and Taylor had entered the portal, but hadn't heard. And any of the other guys, we have no idea. So that was one of the points I was – when you were mentioning, like, Linder had ties to the program. 
So this is one of the things that I find very optimistic because, like I said, we want to keep these guys, right? Yeah. Uh, he recruited both Marble and Foster to Northern Colorado. Now, you can look at that the two ways. Obviously, he, they didn't choose to go to Northern Colorado, so maybe they didn't like him and they wanted to go somewhere else. But you can look at it on the other hand that he has a past relationship with these guys and they have a feel for him and know him and that, that might be – they might be more willing to stay because yeah. he – Well, and sometimes life has a weird way of yeah. coming around, you know, because they might have went to Wyoming and said, you know – I mean, I'm, I, you have kind of a bad season or whatever, and you feel bad about it. Oh, man, what if we would have went up to northern Colorado or whatever? And then it ends up where that guy comes to you, and so sure. life has a weird way of doing things like that. And uh, he's – go ahead. Well, and I just – you know, the one thing I did like that he said that I just read on Facebook is he said, my first line of business is recruiting our existing players. And yeah. I, I like that. I think that's what all – fans want to hear at this point yeah. because i think as down as we were on edwards but what we saw in the mountain west tournament we i mean like you said in that last game thompson sophomore maldonado sophomore uh taylor sophomore marble freshman foster freshman yeah i mean there's a lot to work with there well yeah and and i think that you know one of the things that you and i have talked about well a couple of different things is we were wondering if the talent was getting the coaching that it needs. And it, that might be something. There's also strategy. Like we talked about what, what are some things that lose us games and closing that gap and erasing some of those things and eliminating or minimizing some of those things that keep losing you games. Sure. We never made that progress. Is this a coach that can come in? He's obviously got a history of winning and in this region and even a smaller place can he do those things with this group that obviously has talent i mean just right there in that three game stretch and even in some games before that sure. 80 points 74 points 89 points so we have the potential to score have several guys score and i don't know if we, we you know you look at some of the guys that scored and scored high points it wasn't consistent those different guys stepping up. All the young guys so but, flashes. Yeah. But if we if we have guys just if we get some coaching in that can get those guys to be more consistent. Sure. You know, instead of you know, Hunter Thompson scoring seventeen and then scoring zero. zero and three, you know. Um, you know, can you get Marble to be what Maldonado was all season and will Maldonado be Take able to take that next step? Yeah. So because even like Justin James, it didn't really seem like he got better each year, you know. He was a good player when we got him, and it didn't really feel like he was much different when he left. No. So, I mean, I, I definitely think we need – hopefully this is a coach that can, you know, improve players as they're uh, – a couple things that he said that I really liked is that – and this is going with the players that, like, if he can bring these guys back, that he expects to win right away. feels like normally when we get a coach, and I, I mean, I couldn't swear that it's true, but it just feels like – like, oh, it's going to be a process, you know. We got to get the – we got to – it's hard to recruit at Wyoming. We got to get the right kid, you know. And he was, like, the opposite. He was like, oh, man, the facilities are here. I didn't know they were this good. Like, I'm so excited to recruit here. I think we're going to be able to do a great job. And he's like, I think we're going to win right away. That's what I told the players because he's actually met with – that's another good thing. He met with Foster, Marble, and Maldonado already. So he drove down to Denver and talked to those guys. So, I mean, he's kind of 
I mean, it's, it's like working out perfect in my mind right now. It's like, man, those are the top three guys in my mind, and he's already met with those guys. I hope like, he didn't bring the coronavirus with us. And I know a lot of fans will disagree with this, but I think another way you can win a while, we got mentioned on this podcast, because we're never going to get on a consistent basis the Larry Nance Juniors of the world, right? That was a once – I mean, Eric Lechner, you know. It was a connection. Larry Nance Jr., these guys are like once in a decade type players. Yeah. But I think the great equalizer in basketball is a three-point shot, right? And that's what his teams have been really good at at uh, Northern Colorado. And that's one of his main focuses on taking a lot of threes. But unlike Plumbing, he makes a lot of threes. They were – and I, I want to get into this, but I know we're running out of time. We probably talked too much about the Mountain West Tournament, but we probably should have done two shows, Clay. We're always trying to cram into one episode. Yeah. Uh, but, no, his teams have been a great – shooting team and another thing that he said was uh he will not sacrifice shooting like that's his number one thing in recruiting shooting well character he said that of course you got to say character you got to bring the right kids in but how many times in the past have we just have we overlooked shooting like we'll bring in this great athlete like you know that can't shoot like doesn't that seem the wilding way under like Schroyer and like some of these guys like because how many times have we said you got to you got to put the ball in the hoop to win, and we've been very bad at that the last several years. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the thing is if you can get those dead on shooters. Like, look at San Diego State. I mean, they just have so many guys that can just rip you from either side, you know. Yeah. And and we've always kind of had the Maldonados or the Justin James. You kind of have one guy, and and they'll double team him or they'll. Sure you know, somehow they push him out far and make him take bad shots and things like that. And we've had, you know, like, it just seems like he, you know, we've rarely had five oh, guys, yeah. you know, that the, the NCAA tournament team that we had a few years ago, I mean, they had several ways they could hurt you, but well, it doesn't ever seem but, like we've got five shooters on the team. But they were never shooting great at the same time. It seemed like, you know, like in, in the, we needed Josh Adams in the tournament. He wasn't Josh Adams, but in the Mountain West Conference tournament, he was Josh Adams. You know? Sure. Things uh, like that. We just never had him firing on all cylinders. Uh, yeah, so a few other things. I mean, I could we could talk forever about this, but we probably better start wrapping a ball on it. But uh, So I do want to mention just a couple other Linder stats on him. He won the CIT tournament uh, in the 2017-2018 which I know a lot of Wyoming fans might poo-poo that because we won the CBI right around the same time, and I know that wasn't really – but I think it's a little different for Northern Colorado to win a tournament like that, you know, because, I mean, that was the first tournament they've ever won. We're, we're, we've won national championships before. Uh, so they won that. Uh, he was assistant at Boise like we talked about, but he was an assistant during their best years, and they've kind of tapered off since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's the reason, but – we can hope. Uh, he was the credited for recruiting Damian Lillard to Weber State. So he's kind of, I mean, and he's one of the best players in the NBA. So another one of those diamonds in the rough. Uh, so here, I got some stat comparisons that I just want to give out there before we uh, call the show. Uh, so this is a comparison to where Wyoming was. So at, uh, this was this season. Uh, Northern Colorado this year was the 12th, uh, 12th team in the nation at effective field goal percentage. you have any guess where Wyoming was on that list, Clint? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's like 300. 245th. Okay. 
So UNC 12th in effective field goal percent, Wyoming 245th. Uh, uh, Northern Colorado was 14th in turnover percentage, Wyoming 156th. Three-point percentage, Northern Colorado 18th in the country. And this is the country. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, all these stats in the top, you know, 30. Uh, Wyoming 249th. Uh, two-point percentage. So he's a he's a heavy three-point shooting team, but his team was 30th in the nation in two-point percentage too. So, I mean, they don't sacrifice that as well. Wyoming, 223rd. So defense, uh, they were sixth in the nation at Northern Colorado at three-point percentage on defense. So preventing the three-point shot. Wyoming, 176th. Uh, now let's get to rebound. rebounds. That's what we've all been wanting, you know. So – this is keeping opponents off the offensive boards. So defensive rebound. Northern Colorado, 28th in the nation. Wyoming, 202. So, uh, and then I couldn't find the stat specifically, so I had to, I had to do some uh, of my own my own math here, Clay, and we know how that works. Uh, uh, so just total on the season, Wyoming had a total of 161 offensive rebounds, and Wyoming played 33 games. So that average – do you want to do the quick math on that? You got no, that? You did. You did. <laughs> no, I already got that. Uh, 4.9 offensive rebounds per game, which actually almost sounds high for us, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't feel like we were getting five offensive rebounds a game, does it? No. But I think it was more like one game you'd have eight or nine and then, then you know, three the next game. Yeah, with this team. So in 31 games, uh, Northern Colorado had 262 offensive rebounds. So two less games, 101 more offensive rebounds. And this wasn't a huge focus for Northern Colorado. I mean, they're—I would say—they're about average, but I mean, worst in the nation to average is a huge jump, right? If you're getting all those other stats, so that's 8.4 re- offensive rebounds per game. So I mean, that would be a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, so let's just do some quick. Uh, so Northern Colorado averaged 74.3 points on the season per game this year. Why don't you take a stab at Wyoming? Just put you on the spot. Here. I don't know. Just guess. Yeah. You've paid attention. You know it wasn't in the 70s. No, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to take stab. Did you say 62.7? That's exactly what it was. That's what I whispered to you. Uh, so 12 more points a game. Uh, 34 rebounds to 29.5 for us. Uh, 13 assists for Northern Colorado to 11 for us. They essentially beat us in every single category. The only two categories they don't beat us in our steals per game, which was 5.3 for Wyoming, 5.1 for Northern Colorado. And obviously I understand you got to take these stats with a grain of salt. I mean, it's only one season, so it's not like a, a predictive pattern or anything. Uh, and free throw percentage. They were a bad free throw shooting team, if you would believe it. How do you do this, Clay? I mean, so they shot 46.8% from the field and 38.4% from the three-point line, which is awesome. And they shot 66.7% from the free throw line. That doesn't add up, does it? Yeah. I don't know if they just had one guy that was like a Derrick Cook Jr. type who was like 40% that just yeah. drug him down. Or... He was a hack of shack. But just to compare that to Wyoming, we were 41% from the field, which is terrible, 32% from three-point line, which is bad, and 72.7% from the free throw line, which is pretty solid. Yeah. So what do you know? Uh so, yeah, I'm over the moon with this hire. I think he's a young up-and-coming coach. You know, 
he was has head coaching experience. I really didn't want him to get an assistant coach. We tried that with Edwards. I'd like to see a guy that has head coaching experience that was a winner that he won uh, the winningest three-year stretch in program history. Uh, finds diamonds in the rough. I think he coaches three-point shooting. Like I said, some Wyoming fans don't like that, but I think that's how you can win at Wyoming. The great equalizer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm stoked about this coach. I think I, I – so, so we talk, what, three-point being a huge area for him, uh, recruiting guys that do that, coaching that up, um, recruiting for that. But the one thing I wonder, and I think it's on most fans' mind, is can he get a couple of big guys? Yeah. Oh, that's what it's going to come down to yeah. for sure. That's... And there is one recruit that's rumored. Well, that he had that Northern Colorado that decommitted once he – so the thinking is, well, maybe he'll fall into Wyoming. He's a 6'2 guard. So <laughs> another guard. And he looks like a good player. It's like, where's those big guys? But Yeah. I, and that's going to be the question. So, not I mean, like, like they're said, growing on trees, but – you know, I mean, I just look at how effective just like Cato was in that game. I mean, just got in. When sure. he got it close, he's he just dead. You know? But we don't – I mean, obviously, obviously we'd love to have a Cato. But we're yeah. so far away from that. Let's just yeah. find a couple league average centers that we can plug in there that are just going to get you a, yeah. a combined some, 10 uh, rebounds yeah, a game. Just some guys that can get the boards they should. and Block a couple shots, yeah, you know. just be a presence in there and just – like I say, I mean, I'm not asking for anything, you know, over yeah. the top. Like, Kata, to me, is an elite big guy. Yeah, know? potential player yeah. of the year candidate here yeah, in a couple of years. huge, yeah. But, I mean, and I know I bring his name up every podcast, but Derek Cook Jr. would be the perfect guy that I'm looking sure. for. You know, just some guy that will get you a few points. Gets the ball under the hoop and put it in. But he gets not... the rebounds he should, you know. I think that's the perfect example. Like, Cook isn't going to create his own offense. But if he gets the ball down low in an advantageous position, he can put he can score. He's you know he's gonna fight on the defensive boards. He's gonna block a couple shots. You know, I think that's exactly the kind of, a couple big guys we need. You know, yeah. obviously they don't have to be world class athletes like he was, but no. But I mean, just a guy like I remember Leonard Washington. You know, he was just kind of the man in there, and and he was, you know, he would clear the boards. He'd I just think get... he's. Uh, he's probably a little be- bit more better than, than what we're talking. Yeah, but, I mean, granted, let's take a Leonard Washington. No, but I'm but. just saying, I I mean, he wasn't like Mountain West Conference Player of the Year or anything, sure. but he's just a solid big guy that could own his area. That's all I want to see is just we talk rebounds as being such a huge stat all the time. And I just want to see a guy own his space in there. You know, when it when that ball's in the air and it's in his area, he's going to go get it, and, and it's not going to get – we're not going to get out-rebounded and give up 48 rebounds to 26 or whatever we did against CSU. So, uh, if all these players come back, I'm going to call my shot right now. We're going to finish fourth in the conference next season. If if Foster, Marble, Maldonado, Thompson, Taylor come back, we're, we're, we're the fourth seed next year. I think that's a big joke. Maybe I'm just feeling – optimistic right now but and the one recruit that was secretly in nigeria that nobody yeah, knew about. the seven foot nigeria he's coming baby he's coming all right i think uh unless something crazy happens that'll probably be our last episode of the season i mean if five guys defect the program and there's ncaa sanctions and 
the world ends because of coronavirus, we'll sneak in one more episode. But if not, we'll just see you next season. Clay, any final thoughts you want to get out there? Well, you're going to say it, but go Pokes. You just stole my one-liner, pal. That's all I got. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next season on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. And as always, go Pokes. another edition of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Omerman and Clay Cates. Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.